This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy. The Enemy this week, the Toronto Argonauts. And uh, to discuss that, we bring in our friend Mike Hogan, which is really an, an oxymoron. Speaking with the Enemy, bringing in my friend. Uh, Hoagie, thanks for doing this as always. I just want to get your initial thoughts on uh, week one of the CFL. Obviously, the Argos had the bye week. Uh, you know, big celebration coming up on Sunday. We'll get to, but uh, just your overall assessment on what you saw week one, Ty Cat specific, and then league wide. Uh, I think league wide, uh, it, it looked like you know a lot of starters playing in their first game. Um, it, 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 there were a lot. There was a lot of sloppy football, which which I think is to be expected. Um, you know, I think four exhibition games or preseason games like they do in the NFL is too much. Uh, two is probably too few. So I don't know how you do. Three with you know one team having to play home, so there's there's no perfect solution. I think most coaches are terrified of losing their starters in a preseason game, uh, which has a lot to do with it. So you know it's practice. You hope you don't get injuries in practice, which everybody does. Um, but you know players, st- you know everybody here held their breath in the first preseason game at Hamilton when Curly Gittens went down in the first series. Um, you know if that had been a serious injury. Uh oh, you know that just kind of underscores what coaches want. So I think for the most part, it was it was there was a lot of sloppy football. There were some great plays, but there was there was quite a bit of slop in there as well. Yeah, and I, I guess you know to that point, when you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and you have so many pieces from last year coming back, it's easy to to dominate those first twenty minutes of a football game that we saw, and that really took away from. I think what the cats did the rest of the way, what, what did you make of the tie cats performance uh, against Winnipeg and, and how are you expecting them to bounce back against the Argos? I, I thought it was an interesting approach because I guess when we're used to Dane Evans, you're used to the the quick release, the short stuff over the middle and then Bo strolls in and Bo looked like Bo. Um, and maybe this goes back to our first discussion point, maybe later in the season, he's hitting those deep balls that weren't hit early. You know, was that a question of, guys just not being on the same page or Bo not used to the speed of the receivers or the receivers not used to Bo, you know, maybe that happens later in the season. Hopefully from an Argo perspective, it doesn't happen on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think, you know, from an offensive perspective, we're going to see a little bit more of that from the Ticats this year. So, you know, the Argos better be prepared for that on Sunday. Uh, let's talk about those Argos. A week one buy, obviously it's one of those weird situations. Some teams got to take it. How did they approach you know, that, that last week at training camp into this, that first bye week into week two, I mean, that is a, a tr- tough transition. Like, it's a tough transition from training camp to regular season. Then you throw a bye week in between. What did the Argos do to adjust to the situation? They had, they had a couple of uh, day A's, as it were, when they were able to do that, just to make sure there was no rust. They did a, you know, I don't, I don't know if the plan was to go on the field uh, during the downpours a couple of days ago. Uh, but they did a lift inside. So it's, you know, it, a lot of film work, a lot of resting up from the Knicks and, you know, the sore legs after two days, essentially. Yeah. Guys' legs, they're dragging it at the end of yeah. camp. So from that perspective, it's a good thing. Um, from a continuity perspective, you wish you could get right into it as opposed to having that break. So there are pros and cons to every bye week, um, you know. I guess maybe the best bye week is if you've had a really bad game and just want to flush everything and press the reset button. Uh, but for the Argos in week one, it's it's get your legs back after camp. Uh, the, there's another advantage where we've seen what Hamilton did in week one. 
the Ticabs don't know what the Argos are up to because, you know, nobody shows anything during preseason games. It's about as vanilla as it can get. Uh, so there's a little bit of an advantage there, but the Ticats have played a game where the Argos haven't. So, you know, how much rust is, is going to be there and sort of that um, discontinuity, if that's a word, uh, that, that we saw for most of the teams in week one. Yeah, I mean, you think about that first real hit you have to take or give in a regular season game. Ticats have gotten all that out of the way. Argos, not that that there's any hesitation. These guys uh, hit each other for a living. Uh, let's talk about the big news this week. Uh, Jamal Peters coming back. Uh, obviously tried his uh, his hand at the NFL, cut by the Falcons. But um, what a huge get, I guess we can call him. But having him back, just, just go into what Jamal Peters brings to that defense. Well, I think the Ticats know what he brings because he had five picks in two games. <laughs> so, so I think we know about the ball hawking ability. Um, you know, he's just so long. Um, you know, he's six three in his arms. I don't know if he has to bend over to tie his shoes, right? Like he's just he's just that guy. Um, he's he's quick, not fast. Like if you timed his forty, it wouldn't be great. But with that length and his his intelligence, he can make up for that. So. Uh, he's just, he's really a machine over at the boundary corner and that looks after that position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I assume he'll be up and good to go. I don't know for sure. Um, as we speak, he's just ready to get on the field for the first time. And, uh, uh, you know, he knows the system, the, the, the coaches know him. And that's, that's another advantage the Argos have this year is the entire coaching staff was back, which, mm-hmm. you know, especially on a championship team that doesn't happen very often because there are usually teams that are going to poach. And, and say, okay, he did it really well over there. Let's go get him to do it with us. But um, that's a big advantage for the Argos. Um, Corey Mace, you know, uh, they know what, what they're getting, the DB's coaches. Every, everybody's cool with that. So uh, he knows what to do. They know what to expect out of him. So it's it, it should be an easy transi- uh, transition. Mike Hogan, our guest here on Speaking with the Enemy on the Ticats Audio Network. Uh, Hoagie, let's, uh, let's stick with the uh... – this week one, this week, week two idea, uh, but the home opener, I, I don't think there's a, a, a moment better for, for Chad Kelly to, to run onto the field for his, uh, his first career, uh, well, pro start here, basically as the guy, what are you expecting? How is he going to handle the situation? I know he talks a big game, uh, but behind the scenes. What have you seen uh, from him? He, he's, he's fine. He'll be, he'll be fine. Uh, if there were any worries, uh, I think those have been alleviated. Um, he came in and took over. I, I had a discussion with him uh, during camp where we just, after one of the practices, went off into one of the offices and put the put the phone in the middle with the reporter on and just talked. Yeah. And the one thing that he talked about is how this year um, he's kind of even changed everything about his regimen. Uh, when he goes to bed, uh, what he puts into his body and in terms of nutrition, um, you know, he's he just he's really really taking this responsibly a it's an opportunity to start and b let's face it i think everybody in their 20s uh especially with his background and family background uh, for those who don't know jim kelly's his uncle growing up in that shadow but he must play in the nfl like he had the taste with denver he had the taste with indianapolis no kid in the united states grows up you know dreaming of being an argo or cat right they want to play in the nfl um if if that is his goal if he gets back there and in the interim wins a championship with the argos this year that's win-win, but he's, he is focused. He's dedicated. He's looked good in practice. I think he had one bad practice day in three weeks. Uh, and the next day he bounced back and was spectacular. So um, he's ready to go. I, if there are any questions on in this roster right now, I, I don't think there's one at QB one. 
Hoagie, the uh, home opener on uh, Sunday, Sunday night football. I actually love this. And I think, you know, I think TSN saw some of the ratings last year from these Sunday night games. Um, you as somebody, you and I have had this conversation about getting people in the building, you know, building that routine. What was that effort like this offseason? How how different was it now that you had a championship you could advertise? And again, you and I have talked about the fact that we're you're going after a, a, a different audience. Um, how is that going here into this new season? It, it's been good. Um, you know, season ticket sales are up again substantially um the renewal rate this year was incredible like people who went last year bought season tickets virtually all of them came back like it it was it was they set a really high bar in terms of renewal goal and blew it out of the water so um so that's good news so from a business standpoint it's still slow like we're so far behind other teams in terms of season ticket holders um we're trying to build on that and you know hopefully people are going to look at this and say okay sunday night you know, would be home watching the game anyway, but we got our Saturday stuff out of the way. We got our Sunday stuff out of the way, and the, we can still go and do a tailgate for dinner beforehand, and then go to the game. I hope people get into that, and and, yeah. and that becomes a habit across the league. I mean, the Sunday night football thing is something that TSN is is really excited about. And when you look at the uh, at the ratings for Sunday night football on the states and in Canada from from football fans watching Sunday night football, it was worth the risk. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't hurt teams at the gate. There is a risk of that, obviously, especially, you know, after, uh, you know, in the summer, there, there won't be the Sunday night after Labor Day because the NFL is back. Yeah. But in the summer, with the kids not having to go to school the next day, I think it's worth the gamble. And let's let's see what it, what is there. And maybe this is something that does become a thing on this side of the border as well. Now, obviously, we know it's going to be a, a great atmosphere, you know, anytime these two teams uh, face off at BMO Field. Of course, uh, Ticats fans, so good at traveling down the QEW. Uh, I, I've seen the joke. I mean, you, you know, like there's a lot of Ticats fans who are going to walk into BMO and be handed a a replica Grey <laughs> Cup ring, uh, Hoagie. I, I'm sure I'm sure that wasn't the the intention to rub it in Ticats' faces. It may have been. Uh, but uh, talk about these replica rings that uh, that are being handed out on Sunday. But let me just say that we were going to do it the first game anyway, sure. but when the schedule came out and the tie cats sure. were on it, I don't think there were many tears shed on this side. Um, it just adds a little fuel to the fire. The rings are spectacular. I don't know if you've seen the real ones or not. Um, this they are the, the replicas are so close to the originals. Uh, they're gorgeous. Um, you know, sometimes you see a team wins a championship ring and they get these big gaudy rings that don't look good and you can't wear them. These are actually really nice, stylish rings um, that the guys are going to wear, I think, a little more readily than some of the other ones that have been around. And for fans to get these, they're well made. They're heavy. Uh, it's not like a cheap plastic thing. Um, these are really nice. Um, and I hope that, you know, if Ticat fans don't want anything double blue anywhere in their house. Um, that they can find an Argo fan either to pass this on to or, you know, make a deal with one. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this ring if you buy me a new Ticat hat or something like that. Yeah. Do some tradesies, uh, a bard or something like that. But uh, it, these are really nice. Uh, it's going to be a really nice ceremony before the game. Uh, chance to see the championship banner. The rings come out. Um, you know, there was a there was part of everybody here wanted to make it a 35 minute long celebration <laughs> video and make the tie cat stand there for it. That's not going to happen. It's going to be a nice right. short video. Uh, tie cat come out after it's over, so they don't have to sit through it. 
you know, we'll, we'll make the offer to Jagarit and uh, to Chris Edwards to come out if they'd like to be a part of it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 I think it's going to be a nice tasteful ceremony. Uh, so Ticat fans won't have to sit there for too long and, and take the slings and arrows and maybe, you know, it's fuel to the fire uh, with the, with the great cup being played in Hamilton this year uh, for Ticat fans to make sure they have their tickets for that game. Well, um, if, if anything, if the forecast holds, it's going to be a beautiful night uh, at BMO Field on the shores of Lake Ontario for yet another chapter in the uh, historic Ticats-Argonauts rivalry. Uh, Mike Hogan, the show, speaking with the enemy, uh, but you, of course, are my friend. So thanks for doing this, as always. Appreciate it. We are frenemies on game day. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thanks, Hoagie. And my thanks to Mike Hogan for joining me today. You can catch another episode of Speaking with the Enemy as part of Tiger Cats pregame. And that is coming up ahead of the game on Sunday. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff, 6 o'clock. Bob O'Neill, Andy Fantuz on the air. And, of course, RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker will have the call at 7. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm back next week on an all-new Speaking with the Enemy from all of us here at the Tiger Cats Audio Network. Have a great day.